What is a mummy makeover from a doctor's perspective? So many burning questions. So little time. I'm Carol Afori and this is the Carol Afori Podcast where we answer all the questions that keep going around in circles in your head. This time we're asking a plastic and reconstructive surgeon how risky are mummy makeovers? In a previous episode of the Carol Afori Podcast, I spoke to reality TV star Jojo Robinson about the numerous mommy makeover procedures she's had. Jojo held nothing back and told us everything about pretty much every single procedure. I asked her if it was all worth it. And if you'd like to know what she said, listen to episode two of the Carol Afori podcast. Today, I have the man behind the work, Jojo Robinson's surgeon, Dr. Paul McGar who is a plastic and reconstructive surgeon with over 20 years experience from right here in Durban, South Africa. Hi, doctor. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Carol. Well, thank you so much for taking time to unpack this very uh, popular conversation. I cannot actually be in a room with moms and the conversation of mommy makeover not coming up. So thank you so much for making time to speak to us. Later. I think the big question is, what is a mommy makeover from a doctor's perspective? So... A mummy makeover really is almost a consequence of pregnancy, right. uh, where women have, have had children, uh, their children are starting to come off their hands a little bit, and they're starting to focus on themselves again. And we have to accept that pregnancy can be uh, quite deforming and have quite a significant impact on the body. There's an impact on the breasts after breastfeeding, they often deflate and droop and lose size and with the stomach with the uterus expanding with pregnancy muscles get stretched skin gets stretched there's weight gain patients often can't lose all that weight Mm. sometimes patients will come in and say people are still asking me if i'm pregnant or congratulating me and i'm not because because (laughs) you know yeah people do that they got no filter yeah and so they become very self-conscious they lose confidence and those are the patients that that come through wanting those two areas to be addressed now would you say over the past few years this has been the most popular procedure that most of your patients are coming for so certainly those two areas are the most most common not everybody has you know been a mom who comes through for that okay but certainly it's it's often the the preceding uh, event has been pregnancy and, and having children. Yeah. Just out of interest, how long have you been in the plastic surgery space? So I finished training in 2003. Yeah. So, you know, 20 years. Yeah. yeah, 20 years. And in the 20 years of your experience, has this been the tummy tuck and the, the breast lifts, for example, been something that have been around for the past 20 years? Have you found more of interest in this mommy makeover over the past couple of years? Absolutely. The procedures have been around for many, many, many years. Yeah. But the interest and the, the drive for it uh, has grown. And as patients hear of friends of friends who have had the procedure and things have gone well that that sort of generates the interest and the desire for the operation now who would you say is a good candidate for this because i believe that for for, this is a medical procedure and a lot of people kind of forget that you know in order to go in for a medical procedure you need to be in a certain you know condition health-wise to be even a candidate so who's a good candidate for a mummy makeover 
So we want someone who's healthy, mm. and there are a couple of criteria that are, are important. Yeah. We look at something called the body mass index, mm-hmm. which is a relationship between height and weight, okay. which is just a guideline. Right. And so we don't want people that are too overweight, and the main reason for that is complication risk. Okay. So we like people within a certain boundary. We often ask patients to lose weight beforehand, and that just makes the operation safer and you get a better outcome. Right. And smokers and diabetics are patients that one really wants to avoid. I I won't operate on smokers. There's too much risk involved. When you say risk, what is it? Risk in the sense that, you know, someone could die or? Yeah, there's a whole range of complications, but smokers have an increased risk of uh, skin dying. Oh wow. That's called necrosis. They have an increased risk of uh, deep vein thrombosis. And so they have increased risk of healing problems. Um, So I think patients need to be well informed and have a good understanding as to, you know, the potential problems that can occur. Mm. Let's talk about the potential problems. I know that uh, a popular one that I've heard from uh, various uh, ladies has been those who've done a lift, either the, the nipple itself literally dying and going black or losing color and looking strange as well as I know a friend of mine who did go and do a mummy makeover she had a liposuction first done and she went into cardiac arrest and and died on the table so I I do know the extreme sides from a nipple dying to losing an actual friend in a procedure Um, Can you walk us through some of the the, the complications of a mummy makeover? I mean, it is quite a a hectic procedure. Yeah. Um, So I just want to separate between uh, the breast surgery and the the abdominoplasty, the tummy tuck. Yes. Because they have different risk profiles. Yeah. All surgery carries risk of bleeding afterwards and infection and scar healing problems. So Mm -hmm. that's universal. Right. So we do take precautions for patients to avoid anything that thins the blood, is antiseptic precautions that we uh, take to reduce the risk of infection. Mm. Uh, so those, that can occur with anything. You you have a gallbladder removed, it's got the same risks. Yes. Then there's the risks that are specific for that operation. Mm. And you mentioned that risk of, of a nipple dying. Mm. So th- that's why, you know, I don't want patients who are smokers. They need to stop smoking beforehand and after because that increases that risk of nipple. Now, statistically, that risk is one in a thousand. Okay. Um, so it is very uncommon. Right. And it's related generally to the fact that all our anatomy is different. Yeah. It varies from person to person. And it's about blood supply and blood drainage from areas that affect the, the wound healing. Mm-hmm. Tummy tucks are a different story. Okay. Um, that's much bigger surgery. And it's often done with liposuction at the same time. And that's where we really focus on making sure that uh, the patient is completely fit and up to it. Mm-hmm. Apart from those previous complications, you get other issues that are related to it. One is that you get some numbness above the, the scar. That's common f- with women who've had cesarean yeah, sections. Yeah, I was about to say, I've uh, had uh, two Caesars, yeah. and uh, I kind of feel if that's in the ballpark of a tummy tuck, maybe I could do this thing, <laughs> you know? But I believe it's a much longer scar than a it's, Caesar it scar. It is a much longer scar, and it depends on how much extra skin. 
So mm-hmm. obviously we like to reduce the length of that scar, mm. but there's no point in making a short scar and then having rolls of skin out on the side. Oh no, that's terrible. So, so yeah, patients need to accept that. The main risk that we really want to avoid is something called deep vein thrombosis. Mm. And that's where you can get a clot in your calf muscle. Ooh. That is very uncommon. Yeah, you can also uh, get that on a plane, right? You can get that on a plane. You can actually get it. That. You can get it with, you know, not not having anything. It can just occur. Sure, yeah. And again, smoking increases your risk with that. And uh, the danger of that is it breaking off and going to your lung, and you get a pulmonary embolus. So that can be serious. Now these risks are extremely uncommon. Mm-hmm. And if you go for any surgery, you have that risk. Yeah. However, when you're doing cosmetic surgery. Uh, the bar for reducing risk, you know, goes up to the absolute limit. So there's a huge range of things that we do to reduce that risk during the surgery and afterwards in the recovery. Can you walk us through uh, some of those things? So we get patients to buy anti-DVT stockings okay. that we put on them as they go to sleep. Okay, I've seen those. Yeah. They're like a bodysuit type thing. Yeah, they're, they're a bodysuit. They're quite tight. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. Patients wear them for two weeks in the summer. They don't like them. But it's all about compressing that area of the body so that the blood flows out easily. Uh-huh. We also put these calf pumps on. They are uh, generate pressure and they mimic you walking yeah. and they get the blood out of the calf. And then we give them some blood thinning ag- agents afterwards. We get them mobilized. We get them walking quite early. That's all the things that we do to reduce the risk of deep vein thrombosis. I know when I had my Caesar, right? You, mm. I walked the next day. Mm. Um, and part of the walking immediately afterwards or a day afterwards is to help the blood flow. Absolutely. So after a mummy makeover, do you walk immediately afterwards or do you walk like a Caesar a day after you get helped by the nurses, take so your first steps? Ideally, we like to get them just up by the bed within 6 to 12 hours afterwards. So just standing, just mobilizing. Mobilizing is part of healing. They're not as though they're wrapped in cotton wool mm. until they're healed. So. Right. So is it the same? Uh, I remember when I had my Caesar, the more I walked, the more it got better. And yeah. the more I felt better and the stronger yeah. I got. Is it the same? Or do you not have to walk a lot? Because I'm thinking you, it's a... You've you got to be careful. It's, it's a bit of Goldilocks uh, approach. You, yeah. you want people to mobilize, but you don't want them to do too much. And yeah. you guide them through uh, how much needs to be done. How long is the recovery? So let's say I've done a mommy makeover. It's the boobs. It's the, um, there's the, the tummy tuck and, of course, the liposuction. Yeah. What is the expectation of recovery? Patients will probably be able to start driving a car somewhere around three weeks three to four weeks okay. afterwards. Okay. Your surgeon will, will guide you as to exactly what they, they feel. Some surgeons may be more conservative, say six weeks, maybe even longer. Yeah. And it's all about ensuring that the healing occurs well. And one of the components of the tummy tuck is to tighten the muscles. And there's a stitch that's put in there, and we want that to have healed well, and we don't want you doing anything that right. might pull that. Because that could be... Disastrous. That that could be a problem. Extremely, extremely uncommon. I haven't seen it, but okay. I mean, it is a risk. Okay. One thing that I've picked up as well, I'll be scrolling through my Instagram and I'll see tummy tuck, mummy makeover, come to Turkey, get it done for like a third of the price. And I've heard of some girls uh, considering literally packing their bags and spending a night or two in a Turkish hospital to cut inverted commas costs. I don't know, for me, it just feels 
weird. What are your thoughts on these Turkey trips for procedures? And have you had patients that have come back and be like, yo, I was botched in <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> Please help me fix. And do you touch them or you go, uh, go find another doctor. I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah. So we're talking about medical tourism. It's often driven by a cost factor. Mm. And uh, when your currency is strong, you, you know, you can get things done. I'm not really in favor of it. I do do some medical tourism, but I'm very, very cautious about doing an abdominoplasty or anything big. Mm. Uh, unless the patient can spend a lot of time near me. Um, so if they're going to prepare to spend a month, six weeks close to Durban so I can look after them and make sure that any problems are sorted out, then one can consider it. Yeah. But the fly-in, fly-out, yeah. the risks are too great. Because right. what do you do if there is a problem? What do you do if you get an infection? On the plane. On the plane. 18-hour <laughs> <laughs> flight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. There are stories like that. Oh, where, you start where, leaking. Where, or where, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a story of um, uh, someone who developed a complication uh, and the flight was not halfway to New York and they turned the plane around to, <gasps> to bring the patient back. Just to be clear, that didn't happen in this town, so it wasn't me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, can happen. Yeah. You know, so I, I, there's that Afrikaans saying, goed koop is dear koop. Okay. You know, that's buying cheap is, is more expensive. Yeah. Um, excuse my Afrikaans for the Afrikaans <laughs> listeners. Um, but you want your surgeon to be available to be able to answer questions, to guide you through that healing process because you don't want to be stuck. Right, you don't want to be stuck. As we get to um, the end of our conversation, would you turn someone away if you don't think they need the work they're asking for? Yes. Part of my job is really getting ideas to whether patients have realistic expectations, mm. whether they understand it. And often I find that patients that are demanding, yeah. uh, are under a time pressure, those are patients that I'm wary of. And certainly patients who... Have uh, body dysmorphia. Yeah, body dysmorphia is is, a, is a quite a scary condition, I think, more so for the patient because they just don't feel happy about themselves. Yeah. And it's not easy to pick up if it's the first time they've seen you. However, it is something that I think we all saw, you know, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, repeated surgeries. Mm. And each time you have that surgery, the outcome was, was worse. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of famous people that you're like, Ooh, what's yeah. going on here? All right, Doc. So my final question to you is this. Mommy makeover. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I have many, many patients who just feel they've got a new lease on life, feel so much better about themselves. Their self-confidence is boosted. And in the impact of cosmetic surgery in terms of personal relationships, feelings of well-being, it's not short-lived, it's long-lasting. Mm. And, um, you know, patients, if they have realistic expectations and a good understanding of the process, it certainly is something well worth considering. All right. So I've got five things I've learned from this podcast. The first thing is if you're a smoker or have diabetes, try and firstly stop smoking if you can. 
uh, because you won't be a great candidate because you can reach complications. Secondly, this thing of flying out of South Africa for procedures could have some serious downside. I mean, imagine, like you said, being on a flight from New York and something goes wrong and they need to turn the plane around. It just sounds horrific. Also, I'm picking up that it's important to do your research about being the perfect candidate. So like for myself, I know I'd have to lose a lot of weight and be in a space where I'm happy with the number on the scale and it's just a matter of tightening up, tightening up, tightening up. Uh, The fourth thing I would say that's important is uh, being realistic with results, right? Because I think sometimes you do these procedures and you expect, you know, overnight (laughs) results and, you know, as you heal, the results get better. And then I think the last thing is um, making sure I get do all my research and finding the perfect doctor to do the procedure for me because I can see it's a very intimate and um, uh, complicated procedure. And having someone who understands that uh, I think is important. Would you just give me five out of five? Five out of five. five well done, Carol. Five. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, so there you have it from the doctor. Uh, we've unpacked a mummy makeover, and it seems from both Jojo and from Dr. Magar, it is worth it. Remember the five things that I spoke about, and at the end of the day, it's up to you to make up that decision. Dr. Paul Magar, who is a plastic and a reconstructive surgeon from right here in Durban, South Africa. <sighs> and now we know. If you enjoyed my podcast, please follow or subscribe to it via ecr.co.za under podcasts. And then you'll get alerts about new episodes. And please don't keep the Carol Afori podcast to yourself. Let's make the circle bigger. You can also email your big questions to my producer, Rory, at ecr.co.za.